How are you guys doing? Doing good? Hey, who of you guys already has been on vacation, back from vacation? The Braden family, some other folks, yeah, welcome back. Who of you guys is about to go to vacation? And the rest, working hard. Or what? <laughs> yeah, awesome. Hey, tomorrow is my first day of vacation. I'm going to have three weeks of vacation. So excited and pumped about it. And um, as Nick was sharing the, the, the story of the coming home commitment, um, me and my wife, we gave our vacation budget for this year, uh, all of our vacation budget into the coming home project. And we were praying, Jesus, if you want us to have a nice vacation, we are here for surprise. And the cool thing is um, a friend of mine, um, um, she uh, had people that wants to be, um, keep be, being unknown. They are sponsoring us a nice vacation. Uh, one week, just me and my wife in Prague um, and the kids with my parents, all inclusive and it's so good, you know. So I can tell you, it is so worth it to, um, to invest in this campaign because all kinds of other surprises may come on the road and it's so good. So tomorrow will be my first day of vacation. Hey, the last day of vacation, of my last vacation, was the 25th of um, April, about three months ago. And that was a pretty crazy day. My first day of vacation, it was, maybe you remember, some of you guys have been there. Um, it was uh, the day after the Sunday where Todd White was in the house. And I was his host, and I was so pumped to pray for people, you know, afterwards. And I haven't stopped ever since then. And uh, I was on a, on, on, I was experiencing so much great stuff, you know. I was, I was saying to myself, you know, Jesus, I want to do this thing. I want to build your kingdom. I'm on a, I want to have other people experience and put their hand into a different world, the kingdom of God. And I want to be a channel of your love, Jesus. So I was, um, on that day, on the 25th of April, I was um, going on a grocery store with my daughter. And I said, Eowyn, we're going to pray for people now, okay? She says, yeah, but daddy, you have to teach me. Say, okay, you choose the people we're going to pray for, and I pray for them, okay? She says, yeah, that's, e that's easy. Okay, let's do it. So she saw a, a, a limping man, you know, with, with crutches. And I said, hey, what happened to you? And he said, this and that. I said, hey, can I pray for you? She said, yeah, of course you can pray for me. So I prayed for him, and he got healed. It was a different person, uh, still in, in the grocery store, another, an, an older lady, she had back pain, I was praying for her, she got healed. Then I also had to go to the bank and to put in some euros, so I had to go to the, to the counter to do that. And, uh, and there was a young guy, and I had the, while he was putting in that money, I had the impression, hey, um, that he has uh, some um, problem with his ankles down there. And I said, hey, do you have problem with your ankles? Do you have a sports injury? And he said, yeah, from where do you know? He said, I don't know, but God in me knows. So I just tried, you know, and uh, wanted to speak that out. And he said, yeah, it's right. And basically everything from here till my hips is almost like a little bit, you know, not so great again. He didn't look like, he looked like a sportsman, but he said, I'm injured everywhere. So I prayed for him. Everything got warm and was sizzling and was amazing, you know, and he said, hey, thank you so much. This has never happened to me. And can you please come again? I said, yeah, normally I do online banking, but for you, I will come back again. Okay, awesome. So I was on such a high, you know, I was texting a friend of mine, uh, writing a text message. Hey, it's really working. The kingdom is here. It's, 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 it's happening and it's amazing. Uh, one text message. A couple of hours later, the same day, I received a different text message from exactly my friend. And he said, there was a person out of, um, from our church, 
And that person um, had cancer, a young woman, and um, two, ki two kids, a husband, and, and on, on that morning, she passed away. And um, the youngest kid was, was just six months old, just, just um, got finished breastfeeding, and uh, what, is it? what a disaster. What a sad story. So one day, my first day of vacation, two text messages, two different stories. People getting healed? Wow! Yay, Jesus! And other people on the way with God, you know, followers of Christ, the whole family. What a disaster, not getting healed. We are wrapping up our series called Adventure of a Lifetime. And we were seeing that there's a God who is riding an adventure with us. And at the beginning of everything, he is creating out of dust mankind. And he's breathing the breath of life into his nostrils, face to face, eye to eye. And he wants to write an, a love story, an adventurous love story. And last week we were seeing this God is taking risks. He gave us a free will to either follow him or not. And he's always coming up with new plans. Why? Because sometimes we are messing it up, but he already has a new plan, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D. He's always coming up with new stuff, creative ways to reach our hearts, you know. And the final question I want to ask myself and to take you on a journey to ask ourselves this question is, on this adventure of a lifetime, what kind of warranty, what kind of guarantee do we have? Two different stories. What guarantee do we have? What can we expect from a life with God? Or in other words, what do we as a community of faith have to offer? To people who are coming maybe here for the first time, trying to find this faith, trying to find out if that, if that makes sense with this God in heaven and with this Jesus, what do we have to offer? So these are the questions I want to ask ourselves and I want to go back with you together, together again to the, to the scripture where we started two weeks ago and it's in Hebrews 11. It's um, talking about um, these heroes of faith and uh, these heroes of faith of ancient times and they were cheering us on and there's a list where the writer of Hebrew is um, writing basically this here. He is writing, what more should I say? There's not enough time to tell of Gideon and of Barack Obama. Yes, we can, or whoever, another Barack, yeah. And of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and of Samuel and of the early preachers. It was because these people had faith that they won wars over other countries. They were good leaders. They received what God promised to them. They closed the mouth of lions and stopped fire that was burning. And the list goes on. They got away from being killed with swords. They were made strong again after they had been weak and sick. They were strong in war. And they made fighting men from other countries, countries run home. It was, it was because, because some women had faith that they received their dead back to life. What a list. Victory, healing, all this great stuff going on, right? What a list. Theologians, um, famous theologians uh, say this is, um, this is the catalog of victory. Uh, this is, um, in Hebrews, the catalog of victory. 
naming all these victorious faith heroes and what was going on with them. This is how faith in action looks like, right? This is what we can expect from glory to glory. Faith in action, right? This is what we can expect out of a life with God, right? And it's amazing, you know. And it's almost like I, rem I was reminded, you know, when I was a child, about 10 years old or so, I had um, a couple of years where I was playing back then on my Commodore C64, you know. Remember those uh, awesome first PCs? Uh, uh, amazing. So I was playing games like, uh, for example, Bounty Bob Strikes Back, you know. Remember this game? It was amazing, you know. And the cool thing is, was back in the days back then, um, you didn't know that, but there was um, secret cheat codes. So you could enter in a cheat code And all of a sudden, you can go from one level to the next automatically, or you had unlimited lives, you know, or you had this magic blue bubble shield of protection, so you could go through the hail of all the arrows shooting at you, and it would not, nothing would happen to you, right? The cheat codes, amazing if you had those. Not good if you don't have those. I have a feeling that some Christians expect or imagine that following Jesus would be as if I had a permanent cheat code, you know? Nothing happens to me. Unlimited lives, the shield of protection from glory to glory. Always cash and always fresh, happy, clappy, you know? It's so funny because uh, there's, there's whole cultures and televangelists out of other countries that are proclaiming, believe and receive, have faith and everything is going to be good, you know, and you will be rich, you know. But if you had been poor, you know, that was in the past, but now it's a testimony, right? And we only talk about testimonies because it was like three years ago, you know, my marriage was broken, but then Jesus came and now, you know, darling, look at me and my wife, you know, it's so amazing, you know, the sheet of protection, cheat codes. Or I was almost broke with my business, but then we prayed so hard, you know, and then I got out of bankruptcy and now I'm stinking rich. Look at my golden watch from glory to glory. Cheat codes, right? Amazing. Wow. Or um, I was sick three years or better, 10 years ago, and we prayed hard. And then I received healing and the blood of Jesus covered everything, you know, and, um, and then I got healed and now I'm fine again. And this stuff is happening, and it's amazing. And at the same time, there's people here in our community that are not experiencing these amazing stories, where they are still in big financial troubles with their business, or their marriage maybe is not being rescued through prayer, or they are not getting healed for their whole lifetime. What about those people? Those people withdraw out of communities that are thinking they are in permanent cheat code. And probably the people I want to write, I want to read you about that is written about in Hebrews, maybe also would withdraw and not come to those kind of churches because there is a different side of the story as well. So directly after this amazing list of victorious faith life comes another list. Others choose to be beaten instead of being set free because they would not turn against God, sticking to the faith. In this way, they would be raised to a better life. Others were talked against. Some were beaten. Some were put in chains and in prison. 
They were, be, they were killed by stones being thrown at them. People were cut in pieces, or in a different translation it says, they were being, with a saw, they were being cut in pieces. That sounds not like a very encouraging list now of a sudden. It sounds more like a horror movie, Periton Guidance 18, that you should never watch, like the saw or whatever, you know. They were tested. They were killed with swords. They wore skins of sheep and goats and had nothing they could call their own. They were hungry and sick. Everyone was bad to them. They walked around in deserts and in mountains. They looked for caves and holes in the earth to live in. They were too good for this world. Not such an encouraging list. This is more this list here. Oh. What is wrong with them? Now, this is faith in action, I thought. You know, this is how it's supposed to be my life this should look like. What is wrong with those type of people? Maybe, and I just maybe they had, they had not enough faith, right? No, nothing is wrong with them. Because if you continue to read the next verse, it said it was, and there the writer of Hebrew is saying to both kind of people, he's saying it was because of their faith. Their faith and their faith. It was because of both of their faiths that God was pleased with them. He, God would, wouldn't say, hey you, you have, hey, you don't have enough faith. They had faith and God was pleased to them. They all walked their way with God. They all had faith and God was pleased with them. And it's so interesting because if you look and if you compare these two lists written right after each other, they are even having the same wording. Like, for example, it says in the first list, in the same faith, they got away from being killed with swords. And in the second list, it says, in the same faith, they were killed with swords. Sword, got away with it, being killed through it. Same faith. So what is wrong? That is not fair, ladies and gentlemen, right? If you, if, if you read this, this is not fair. Why is God treating those people better and those people worse? It's not fair. There is something wrong here, right? And there is. I have to tell you a secret. And maybe you never came to that conclusion, but maybe you came. But here's the secret. Do you want to know the secret? Yeah, okay. There is something wrong this world there is something wrong with this world this is not fair our world is not fair there's something wrong with this world right and therefore it says these people that the writer of Hebrew is saying you know cut into pieces suffering because of their faith they were too they were too good for this world They were too good for this corrupt, bad, and horrible world we are living in. This world didn't treat those people like they should have been treated. But they treated them like that anyway because of their faith. That happens. Billy Joel says, only the good die young. Right? <laughs> It's not true either. You know, there's also bad people dying young. And there's good people living long. But... There's a little bit of a truth in it, you know. So many Christians, 
I see that all over um, are trying to make sense of this world in trying to judge what was wrong, you know. Yeah, you had faith, amazing, well done, glory, miracle, oh well, you know. Uh, maybe there's sin in your life. Maybe, just maybe, you should scratch a little bit more faith together and then you would get healed, right? And yes, you can, if you want, you can destroy your own life by making bad decisions. You can try it out, it works. But not all the time when people are being in bad circumstances, it has to do with their faith or a lack of their faith or sin or whatever. It just can happen. So the big question is still, since we are living in this corrupt, fallen world, and obviously God is, yeah, he's doing amazing stuff, but then other stuff is not happening, what can we expect? Still the same question. What can we expect if we put our faith in God? What can we expect? What can we really expect? The same question. I want to try to nail it down when, uh, when we looked to the person of Jesus. You know? What did Jesus, as being God coming into heaven, what did he experience in his life in the 33 years he was living on earth? You know? The life of Jesus and is amazing. Um, I mean, he came with a very courageous statement. He came and he said, the kingdom is here. Repent and believe. The kingdom is right at hand. It is here. And he was not only proclaiming the kingdom, And not in secret, you know, talking a little bit, you know, let's, 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 let's get a group of at least people as possible, you know, a few, just a few tiny group, maybe two people, and then say, hey, the kingdom of God is here, but don't tell everybody. You know, he was going in public with that. And he was, he was unleashing and, 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 and blessing and training these disciples that they do the same, and he was starting a revolution. He was not only talking about it, he was demonstrating it. He was putting his hands on people and they were being healed. He was forgiving people's sins. There was healing in their physical bodies or in their souls. He was raising people from the death. He was speaking with such kind of authority that people who were well known of cheating of so much money in the whole city that they threw a party and gave away all of their money back to the poor. That was the kingdom and it was right at hand, right? It was being demonstrated. It was awesome. And that was the Jesus. It's awesome. And Jesus said, hey, don't you see it? It's awesome. And he was even saying more. He said, what I'm about to tell you is true. Anyone who has faith in me, he says, will do what I have been doing. In fact, he will do even greater things. So I believe you cannot honestly follow Jesus without expecting that in your life and through your life, a piece of heaven comes down to earth, right? The kingdom of God is here. The church is a revolutionary movement of trying to get heaven here on this old earth, back on earth. And our job is to find out how much heaven, how much heaven does fit, does fit on this earth, right? Yeah, this is something exciting. You can be excited about it. You can say, amen, awesome, you know, it's going, it's going on, it's amazing, you know. So let's find it out. How much heaven does fit? on this earth how much kingdom 
gets out of your life into other people's lives. If Jesus says the kingdom is here, and if we have the promise of Jesus in our lives, let's find it out, you know. And it's so cool. I think the church, we together as international community here in Zurich, we are called to find out how much heaven fits on this old planet Earth. Let's find it out together. Let's find it out. Let's find it out. I'm trying to find that out right now. I'm trying to find it out. And, and I experience awesome stuff. Like just last small group, for example, you know, we were uh, like a little story, you know, but great because the kingdom of God, someone experienced the kingdom of God. Um, we were in a, in a very fancy restaurant eating steaks. That's what men small groups do, you know. It was um, the night where Germany lost in the semifinals, so that was not so glorious. It was one of those moments, you know. But I experienced also this moment there. Because we were there celebrating life, sharing what is God doing in our lives. And there was, a, there was an older lady, she was our waitress. And all of a sudden I had this thought hey, th th that she has problems with her, with her neck here. I said, hey, do you have problems with your neck here? And she said, yes, from where do you know? Did you see me walking weird? I said, no, I didn't see that, but I would love to pray for you. And then we prayed for her and it got warm and she felt better afterwards. And then uh, my friend gave, gave her an awesome, amazingly high tip. And I was wondering, how did she feel at night? I think she experienced the kingdom. She experienced healing and a financial blessing in her life. I don't know what is happening with her now, but I know that she experienced the kingdom. I could tell you so many stories, you know, there was... Uh, It's a funny story that's, uh, that's not, not, not done yet, I believe, because last, um, last uh, Wednesday I was um, scheduled to play tennis with my boss and we were looking forward. And in the middle of the night I, I woke up and all of a sudden I had this impression, yeah, tomorrow you're going to go, well, this is not a big impression because I knew that tomorrow that you're going to go um, play tennis. And I had this impression, there's a man working in the, in the tennis, in the sports arena, He has, um, between his fifth and seventh um, disc, he has uh, a slip disc, and God wants to heal him. So, oh, let's figure it out. Let's see what happens, you know. Let's try to find out how much heaven fits still on this earth. So, uh, there were two ladies at the counter when we were checking in to play tennis, and I said, is there also a man working here? So, why do you, know, why do you need to know, you know? I said, I, I need to know because I had a dream, and I woke up, and then I had a... I was half, half asleep and I had this impression that there's this man, is there a man working here? She said, yeah, I think that's our boss, you know, that's the boss of the sports arena. So I said, can you, can you get him? I said, yeah, I try and they couldn't get him. He had an appointment and after we played tennis, I tried to get him again and, and they said, yeah, he has another appointment, but he needs prayer. She said, I think it's right what you're listening. He has problems with his body and he needs prayer. And I said, oh, it's good, you know, I don't know for what maybe others circumstances he needs prayer maybe he's not that good of a boss or whatever they were thinking you know he needs prayer and and, uh, and i said hey can i come after work come back and, and pray for him and 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 they said yeah of course you know and then she was on the phone when i came back and obviously she was talking to her boss and he said now she said Bjorn is back so he, they knew about my name already <laughs> he said Bjorn is back so uh, can you come down he said ah, yeah. and, he, and he said no i have another appointment i have to go to the physiotherapist I said, yeah, it's okay, I pray for him anyway. And uh, I have no idea what is about to happen, but I have a feeling 
And since we play there as a staff, um, we play there every uh, Tuesday morning, we play there soccer for an hour together, early in the morning. And so eventually I will see him. And I'm, I'm excited already about it, how this story, how this adventure is going to continue. But definitely the kingdom is here. That's the power of the cross, healing people, right? The power of the cross. Amazing. And yet the cross and Jesus experience all kinds of other stuff. The cross is the tool of one of the most cr cruel, cruelest tools of how to execute death penalty, right? The cross back in the days of the Roman Empire. Jesus experienced tremendous amount of re rejection, lies telling about him. His best friends left him at the end. He died such a lonely, rejected death on the cross. He was beaten, spit at. People were telling lies about him. People didn't like him. There were times when he was homeless. There were times when he didn't have anything to eat, when he was poor. He experienced all that stuff at the same time. So he experienced and demonstrated the kingdom of God. Wow, yay, God. And at the same time, he experienced the most horrible death on earth. So what can we expect? I think you cannot honestly follow Jesus without also expecting that in your life from time to time it also gets rough. If Jesus experienced that and he's saying that at the same time, he's at this, the same way he says, hey, even better things is happening for you. He says, if they are treating their master this bad, what should you expect as the students? So, I came up with this amazing quote <laughs> in the message preparation, and it says, I, I, I don't think nothing is too wonderful that you cannot experience it on your adventure with God, and nothing is too awful that it cannot happen to you on the same way. It's both end. It's both end. It's the both-and theology <laughs> that we believe here also in our church. We believe the kingdom is at hand and let's pray for people and let's expect and scratch our faith together and expect healing. And at the same time, there are stories in our community where we say, hey, let's scratch all of our tears and all of our arms together and, and comfort these people and be with them and stick with them because that happens at the same time. It's both end. So, one last time, what can you expect? What can you expect? If you, if, you, if you don't even know, is this happening right now in my life, you know? Amazing. I love it. I enjoy it. It's happening. It's working. And at the same time, as I was saying in the very beginning, the same day, also a good Christian, death, a whole family left behind. If you don't know what to expect, what is there to expect? One last time, what is, is there a guarantee? You know, does it even make a difference to believe in Jesus? You know, if this is happening to the good people as well, you know, what is the warranty? What is the promise? If the scale can fall down on both sides, What can I expect from this life with Jesus? I will tell you, <laughs> because I think there is an answer. 
And I think there is a guarantee. What did Jesus promise in his very last words before he was sending these disciples out into this adventure of their lifetime? Before he said, when he said, go and make disciples and um, baptize them and heal them and cast out the demons, what was he promising at the very end? He was promising this. This is the warranty of faith. And it is amazing. It's Matthew 28. And it's the last words of Jesus. And he said, and I am with you always, even to the end of the world. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the warranty of faith. This is what we can expect. There is a God who is with us no matter how or what is happening in our lives. There is a God who is for us and who is doing through us the kingdom. And there's a God at the same time when we are feeling down and low and all of a sudden life kicks us into the side from his worst side. He is still with us. He is still with us. So there is stories like on the scale. There's stories in our lives that we are writing where the kingdom is at hand. Healing is taking place. People are getting to know Jesus. And at the same time, there's also these horrible stories we don't like. We don't like to experience, but we still experience them. And the promise is this. He is with us. And he will never leave us or forsake us. Never, ever. That is the warranty of faith. I mean, we as a church, we are compared in the Bible as being the bride. What is the What promise does a groom give to his bride? What did I say in August 22nd in 2002? That's right, yeah, almost 14 years. What did I promise my wife? I promised her this. I said, I, Björn, promise you an easy peasy life, pain-free and careless. I will guarantee you two weeks of vacation on the Maldives Islands every year. I will guarantee a villa at the swimming pool and the least and slowest and lowest car you will ever drive is a BMW 5M series. I will promise you, you can buy yourself a Gucci purse every month. It's gonna be awesome with me. I am a good guy, you know. No, of course not. No healthy man would promise that to his bride on the wedding day. I, prom I didn't promise her something, I promised her somebody, and that is me. I promised her, I will go with you, and I will be with you through thick and thin, through bad or good times, in sickness and in health, I will be with you. This is what I promised her, right? And this is exactly what God is promising you. This is the promise. So, what faith and the church can promise is not something, it's somebody, and it's so much better. So much better. It's the person of Jesus Christ being with you all the time, everywhere, till the very end of this world. So also till the very end of your life. He is with you.
So in Hebrews, when the writer of Hebrews is, is putting all of these, both of those lists together, and then he is saying, hey, it's like, just like spectators in the stadium. They were like in this huge stadium and they were the crowd, you know. Like, maybe we can see this picture of the stadium again. There, there's the stadium and all these faith heroes from glory to glory and death. All these were sitting like spectators in the stadium cheering us on on the competition. These witnesses of their faith are examples for our battles. Our battles taking place. So what are we going to do? We fix our eyes on Jesus. He showed us how to begin the race and reach the goal victorious, victoriously. So these people in the stadium of our lives, they say, run! Go for it! Fix your eyes on Jesus! Don't look at us anymore. We are dead anyway. But there is someone who died, but he rose again. He is not, he's not dead anymore. He is still alive. And guess what? He is running with you all the time. He is right beside you. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Go for it. Through thick and thin. That's his promise, right? So this is what we can expect. This is the adventure of a lifetime you and me can expect through thick and thin, sickness and health, from glory to glory. But there's a two as well. So we're diving into this adventure. And I want to end with this awesome Bible verse. It's the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation. And um, why don't we stand up because we are about to worship our Jesus because he is with us. Why don't you stand up and why don't you close your eyes and um, let, this, let this passage really sink in deep. Imagine as if Jesus was sitting or standing right next to you and you are on your journey and this is the goal, the end of your journey if you believe in Jesus. There it says in Revelation 21, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God here to this earth, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Here's the picture of the bride and the groom, right? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people. How good is that? And He will dwell with them. They will be His people and God Himself will be with them. And He will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death and mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things, the old world, this corrupt world has passed away and I am he's saying on the throne I am making everything new he's making everything new he was now seated on the throne said I am making everything new and then he said write this down write this down for these words are truth trustworthy and true he said to me it is done I am the Alpha and the Omega from the beginning and the end to the thirsty who I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. 
those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Come on, let's worship Jesus one more time. He is with us. He is with us. Let's worship Him. He is with us. He is the God who was and is to come. the risen one he can bring the dead to life he is the God of miracles that's what he is he still is come on let's worship him let's worship him promise that is the promise that is what we are running towards we are running towards the God of miracles and if there is not a miracle happening in this life he will wipe away every tear no more sickness no more death and that is the promise we are running towards that and during our race we can be alongside and he is alongside us so it started out with this amazing word from God at the beginning, you know, face to face. He was, out of dust, he was forming mankind. And then, it's so cool, like, face to face, he was creating us and, and he was looking into our eyes. And he was breathing breath of life into his nostrils our nostrils and he was face to face with us the first thing mankind saw is their creator face to face and the end is the same scene how can someone wipe away a tear you have to come close you have to come close to a person and see where is a tear on the left eye on the right eye okay I will get a tissue and I will wipe away these tears away. This is God, your creator. This is what he's gonna do at the end of your life. He's come close, face to face, he's gonna come to you. This is the promise. In this whole race, he's with us. There's the power of the cross. We can always expect the power of the cross. See how much heaven we can bring on this earth. Yeah, we experience both sides of the stories, but eventually we will be face to face with our God again. This is the adventure of your life. How good is that? Come on, Jesus, I love you so much. It is so good that we can be with you. And it's even better that you promise us that you are always with us. And we can count on you. You got our backs, Jesus. And I want to speak that over all these people here. I want to speak out faith over your life. 
Faith that there is a God who believes in you. Faith that there is a God who is writing a love story with you. And faith that there is a God who can restore you step by step. I want to proclaim also faith in the name of Jesus over your life that not only he is with you, but he wants to be with you and wants to build his kingdom into other people's lives as well. He wants to use you to build his kingdom. And no matter how the circumstances are, you can count on Jesus. And you can look at him. And you can look at other people and bring them your Jesus.